0: We love that they playing we love that what is going on everybody it is Jason J bird Goldstein here for a special edition an NBA preview edition of the bird's eye view I mean holy shit. <clears throat> The NBA season just the start of it just snuck up on me, uh, you know. Here I am. I've been watching the NFL, college football, uh, the MLB playoffs, and all this. And then, you know, last week I'm thinking, when does the season start? It should be soon, right? And then I look, you know, I thought it starts like two weeks later than this upcoming week. I thought it was like last week of October, but nope. I see the season starts tomorrow night, and I'm like, well, fuck me. I need to record an NBA preview show. And so. I had a busy week last week, was not able to get to a week six NFL preview, but I'm going to have my recap show. I'm going to have that actually on Wednesday. I figured, you know, let tomorrow be dedicated to the NBA. And then Wednesday we'll be covering the NFL, the MLB, and college football, along with NBA opening night, because yeah, opening night's tomorrow. You know, we have a good slate of games to open. As always, it's just the two. The Bucs opening their season against the Nets, uh, raising their banner at home. Nets are actually one-and-a-half point favorites in that game. And the second game will be the Lakers hosting the Warriors. If I'm not mistaken, I believe that was... No, 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 last year the Nets played the Warriors opening game. So, uh, I don't remember. I think the Lakers maybe played... I don't remember. But anyways, that's the that's, those are the two games. Wednesday is when... Most of the other teams make their debuts, including the New York Knicks hosting the Boston Celtics. And yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited for this NBA season. <clears throat> I mean, last year was a fun season. Obviously, things were really thrown a haywire a little bit with COVID, but for the most part, we got through the season okay without cancellations. Now, my New York Knicks, they overachieved big time and... It was, it was an amazing special year for the Knicks. I mean, you know, this, I've been so pissed at the Giants. I've been so pissed at the Yankees, but the Knicks, they the New York team that pisses me off year in and year out the most. Although the Giants have been doing that to me a lot now for the past like 10 plus years. Yeah, really since their Super Bowl. But the Knicks have been doing that to me pretty much forever until last year. Never thought I'd be a happier place with the Knicks than I am with the Yankees, but here we are. I guess that's one of the realities of this COVID thing. But anyways, I'm going to talk a little b- bit more about the Knicks later. I'm just excited, man. I mean, this is going to be a fun year. So I'm looking into the East right now. We're going to start off talking about them. Uh, <coughs> I'm going to go with, you know, my uh, East storylines, my West storylines, uh, some of the big, some of the playoff teams who I think are not going to be good. So, right off the bat, we're going to eliminate in the East the Magic, the Cavs, the Pistons. I mean, the Magic just flat out stink. Uh, they, they're, they're committed to the full on rebuild in the tank after last year, where they traded Vucevic, when they traded Aaron Gordon. And yeah, this can be the first year of the Magic rebuild process. The Cavs, now they have some talent there. You know, they seem like they want to start moving towards the playoffs, you know, with Garland, with Sexton, with Mobley, with Jared Allen. I'm just not a believer in that Cavs team just yet, so I think they're going to stay back. And the Pistons, first overall pick last year, worst record in the league. They got Cade Cunningham uh, there. I'm excited to see Cade Cunningham. As you guys know, I was a huge fan of him in college last season, rooting big time for uh, the Detroit Pistons because of him. Uh, though, you know, apparently he hasn't looked great in the preseason. You know, we saw him struggle a bit with shooting. So, you know, I think Cade's going to come in. He's going to make this Pistons team better. But he's not going to make them playoff good yet. Because we're still going to see him grow and adjust to the NBA game. Interesting to see how it works with Jeremy Grant, though. God, I don't know why I have this, like, cough today. Uh, anyways, so we're going to go. Now it's about the locks. So... I mean the Nets the Nets are obviously a lock. They obviously they have their drama. There's the Kyrie Irving issue, whether he's in you know whether he's gonna get the vaccinated or not. We already know Kyrie Irving's not playing home games due to the New York State laws. And as of now, it looks like Kyrie Irving's not gonna play any games until he gets vaccinated. The Nets have told him stay home. Seems as the Nets just don't want him playing. As if he's not if he's not if he's only gonna be able to play road games, I don't think the Nets want him at all uh you know may- maybe they down the stretch of the team struggles they decided to-, to get him for road games but as of now I'm, pl- I'm looking at this team like it's just Kevin Durant and James Harden leading it I mean the talent's still there they added a you know, they added a Marcus Aldridge who was supposed to be there last year obviously couldn't play because of COVID uh or not even COVID because of uh the blood clot in his leg he retired but he came back they got rid of DeAndre Jordan which is huge They have Nick Claxton back, who fans are really excited about. Blake Griffin's back. And the rookie, Cam Thomas, who's had an exceptional preseason. A guy who can fit in, score, and potentially, you know, take some of the burden off Kevin Durant and James Harden when they're off the floor. I mean, look, Cam Thomas had a strong preseason, a strong G League. Potentially a steal for the Nets in this draft. So, look, even with their drama, they're still a lock. As with the 76ers, the 76ers are a lock for the postseason. I mean, look, I mean Ben Simmons, he's there now. Uh, purportedly is not engaged. Reportedly left practice early. Uh, so we know Simmons, mentally, he's not going to be there. And, and no doubt, the Sixers, with Ben Simmons and everything going on, it's going to affect this team. Now, this team's still good enough where they're easily going to be a, play in t- a playoff team. They're by far one of the top six teams in the East, with or without Ben Simmons. Even with the pissed-off Ben Simmons, the Sixers are still a top six team in the East. I do think, however, that this whole Ben Simmons drama really eliminates the Sixers from being an NBA championship contender. Unless Simmons can come in, buy in, learn how to shoot threes, not choke in the postseason, the Sixers right now are not a playoff contender or or a a title contender. Excuse me. Uh, you know, I I think, the, I think the only other way they can get the title contender and trade Simmons is if they get a guy like Damian Lillard, who you know I've, you, we've heard that a Damian Lillard, uh, Ben Simmons swap could happen, but as of now, I'm playing as Simmons is gonna be there and be very unhappy with the team, similar to how Jimmy Butler started a few few years ago at the T Wolves. I'm the Milwaukee Bucks, no drama on their end. Uh, I mean, they're they're the defending champions. Giannis was just amazing the last three seasons, yep. you know, the back-to-back MVP awards, and obviously this year he's just, just incredible. <coughs> I mean, just they're, they're making it. Like, what else is there to say? Uh, I'm also looking at the Heat as a lock. I mean, the Heat were 60 last year. A little underwhelming following their run of the NBA Finals in the bubble. But hey, they got better. I mean, Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo were both in and out of the lineup last season. The whole team was just really struggling with injury. Butler should be back. They had a Kyle Lowry, a veteran leader, a true point guard. That's what this team was missing last year. I mean, Goran Dragic was fine, but he was, he wasn't a true leader point guard. Uh, Tyler Hero, he, he's better served serve as a shooting guard. And I think Kyle Lowry is really going to make Tyler Hero a much better NBA player. Where Tyler Hero could have an MIP or potentially even a six-man-of-the-year type season. Lowry's a special player. Excited to see the way he and Bam run that pick and roll. And look, he, he's been a good defender during his time in Toronto. So the, the Heat are going to have one of the league's better defenses. And yeah, I, I think the Heat are going to end up making it for sure. And I have the Atlanta Hawks. I mean, Trey Young, he was really good last year. They had an incredible run to the Eastern Conference Finals after upsetting the Philadelphia 76ers in the conference semifinals. And I just think that they were obviously a year ahead of schedule. They overachieved big time last year. Even though they're not as good as last year, I still think this team is just good enough to be one of those top teams. So... Yeah, I just I like Trey Young a lot. I think Kevin Herter Jr. can have a really, really surprisingly good season in his candidacy for the sixth man of the year. Uh, I I as an underrated pick for that. Anyway, so we're gonna get into the this, this teams in the East: the Heat, the Sixers, the Nets, the Bucks, uh, the Sixers are all are all locks for the postseason. So then you have, obviously, the sixth seed, and then you're going to have the other teams in the play-in game. Now I see a few teams that could contend for that sixth seed, obviously starting with the Knicks. Uh, they, they had a good season last year, amazing surprise, special year it was for the Knicks. And I'm going to talk about them deep deeper into the team in just a little. So obviously you look at them, they're one of those contenders to get in that play-in game. They have a gritty team, they have a great coach in Tom Thibodeau, and they have a great leader in Julius Randle. You have the Bulls who got a lot better in the offseason. They added DeRozan. They added Lonzo Ball to go along with Lavina and Vucevic, both of whom were all-stars last season. and that gives and Plus, Patrick Williams, with his development, gives the Bulls one of the NBA's better starting fives uh, in the league. You also have the Pacers, them getting Rick Carlisle as their head coach. I mean, last year, this team was somewhat of a mess. They started off strong, but then they became a mess, and that was under Nate Bjorken. The players hated him. And now you look at this team. They bring in Rick Carlisle, one of the best coaches in the NBA. They have guys there. They have Karis LeVert, who was very good for the Pacers once he came back from his kidney injury. It was Malcolm Brogdon, who's really become a much better player since coming over from Milwaukee. And obviously DeMonte Sabonis, who's fantastic. Uh, they str- they sh- the struggle last year was on the coach, when the players all hated the coach. Now you get Rick Carlisle, one of the best coaches in the NBA, Really nice to see how this team does in fighting for that uh, spot. They're, it's very possible they get that sixth seed, and that's because of Rick Carlisle as a coach. You know, I question at how good of a number one player Sabonis really is, and if they're I mean, help this team actually clinch that playing spot or if they're just another playing game. Uh, other teams, the Celtics, I mean the talents there, they have Jason Tatum, they have Jalen Brown, and I imagine the Celtics will be – one of those top ten teams in the Eastern Conference, but I don't know if I'd if I'd even put them in the locks for the playoffs right now or even that top six seed. I mean, this team they were bad last year. It was Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Now they made some changes, you know. Uh, a, I, don't, I don't. I can't think of the name of the coach, but you know he should bring a new culture, fresh blood into that team. Brad Stevens more in the in a front office role. He gets to build the team the way he wanted, the, he wanted that team to be built as opposed to Ainge's image and him using Ainge's, Ainge's players to utilize the way he saw the team being played. I, I'm trying to think how that makes sense. I mean, Dan, so Brad Stevens can now mold the team in his image. You know, Danny Ainge obviously had his players, and Danny Ainge acquired some great players, but they were not necessarily were the players that fit into what Brad Stevens wanted to do, and I think you obviously saw that with Kyrie Irving being very forced onto him. And plus, you know, Al Horford was Graham Brad Stevens-System. He's back. Guys like Robert Williams are really expected to make that jump in year two. So there, there, there's there's a lot of hope on this team. My big thing for them is they don't have a legitimate point guard. Marcus Smart's a great defender, but I don't think he's a true point guard. Uh, you have the Wizards. I mean, the Wizards were... <clears throat> okay last year. I mean, they started off bottom of the Eastern Conference for most of the year, and then they got incredibly hot in the second half, led by Bradley Beal, led by Russell Westbrook. I mean, Russell Westbrook just doing Russell Westbrook things, helped lead this Washington Wizards team eventually to that ten seed and into the play-in tournament, where they ended up losing. Oh, no, they were the 8th seed, actually, and then they lost to the Boston Celtics and then won in the second game to get in. Uh, obviously, they traded Russell Westbrook to the Lakers. And, and there's some guys on this team. I mean, look, Kuzma's a fine role player. Same with KCP. But that's all this team is. It's Bradley Beal and then role players. Now, Bradley Beal's a fantastic player. He's the leading He was the leading scorer last season. And the things he does are just incredible. Bradley Beal is a special player, one of the top 20 in this league. But the question is, is he good enough to be able to lead this team to the postseason? With the guys around him. Because this is they're, they're, There's no legitimate number two option. Yeah, there's some good role guys, but only I can point to anybody on the Wizards and say, oh yeah, he's a good number two. I mean, you're, are you going to call Kyle Kuzma number two? You saw the way he was when he was LeBron's number two, and it was not pretty. Uh, the Hornets. i mean, look, The Hornets. They, they had a surprise year last year. So many young guys on this team. LaMelo Ball. Uh, Terry Rozier. Miles Bridges, you know, they added Kai Jones, they added James Booknett in this draft. Gordon Hayward was having a great year last year until his injury. Uh, This team, like, they have some dogs, though they had a horrendous game. I know it's just the preseason, but they still lost by, like, 77 to the Dallas Mavericks. You know, you can't be having that team be showing up if you want this, if you actually want to make the playoffs. But I'm excited. This is a young team that can be fast and that can do a lot of exciting things with the basketball in their players' hands. Uh, and the Raptors, I mean, the Raptors in an interesting position. They they were definitely a letdown a year ago. They they were playing in Tampa. They weren't playing home games. And they, they essentially played 82 games or 72 games last year with that in front of zero fans. They're back in Toronto. They're back in the 6 with that ramp, that rad, rabid fan base and they're obviously hungry after not seeing their team for pretty much 2 year for almost 2 years now. I I still worry cuz obviously they lost Kyle Lowry. No, Bach is not there. Marcus Soule is there. It's a young team. I mean, Siakam looks like he's not going to be there to start the season. Van Vliet's a fine young player, but he's supposed, you know, but do you trust him to be really the number one guy on this team? Because without Siakam, it's going to turn to Van Vliet to be the number one guy on this team. Now, I think Scotty Barnes is going to fit in excellently, and Scotty Barnes is really going to make an impact right away as a rookie. But I don't know if it's an impact that's going to help this team get into the postseason. I just, especially without Siakam, and if Siakam's going to come back, help. I knows how is once he comes back from injury. I just don't see a true alpha dog on this team. And where we talk about my beloved Knicks. Uh, I mean, look, last year was an overachievement. It was an amazing special year. And that was one of the most fun I had watching a team. Uh, they, again, they didn't piss me off. I labored all year with the Yankees. Uh, the Giants have pissed me off for the last 5, 10 years now. The Knicks, though, I had so much fun watching this team, and it was enjoyment. And look, with the Knicks, it's time for us to prove that we're real. Now, I'm not even gonna come here and say that the Knicks are a lock for a top ten seed. Now, I'm ve- I'm cautiously optimistic. I am I'm very optimistic, but I don't want to call this team a lock for the postseason until we can show sustained success. Last year, amazing season, absolutely amazing season for us, That four seed. Completely overachieving. You know, as I mentioned, I had my locks. And I, I really don't see the Knicks finishing above any of those locks. Maybe they finish above Atlanta if Atlanta takes a step back next season. But at this point, I'm going to look at the Nets, Celtics, or, excuse me, the Nets, Sixers, Heat, and Bucks as the teams that are going to have home court in that first round. Uh, but here we go. Like, the Knicks, they they did definitely, I didn't maybe love re the guys for as long as they did. But the team got better in the off season, no doubt, and that's the reason why I'm very optimistic. We just we flat out got better. Uh, you know, I'm not gonna say that we got better into title contender good. Although my friend Jason believed last year that once the Celtics got Kemba and Fournier, they were the best team in the East. So maybe in his mind, we're the East best team. It's time now, again, time to prove that we're for real. Last year's roster was not that sexy. This year's roster is a lot sexier. I, at the worst this team should be in the plan game at worst look, if they're, they're, look, I, there's no reason for this team to not be in the plan game now I'm not gonna come here and guarantee it because you know I've seen what the, you know you seen what these New York teams you've seen what the Knicks it could just very be very much that they break my heart but this team should be in and I hope they're in and it's not another disappointing season because I can my heart can't handle more disappointment. And we showed out a lot of money in the offseason, re-signing a lot of our guys, re-signing Derrick Rose, re-signing Noel, re-signing Alec Burks. All for deals that they probably would not have gotten on the open market. Uh, Giving Evan Fournier a lot of money, and we re-signed Kemba Walker for and we signed Walker for a cheap deal, and that's a move that I love. Now the one that this Knicks team is gonna have again, that this Knicks team is gonna have again is depth. I imagine the starting five is going to be Kemba Walker, Evan Fournier, RJ Barrett, Julius Randle, and Mitchell Robinson. So you're essentially adding three new guys in that starting lineup because Mitchell Robinson was out for a lot of last year due to injury. And Kemba and Fournier, huge offensive upgrades, especially over Alfred Payton, especially over Reggie Bullock. But, But the thing is, there's, it's a defensive downgrade going from Bullock to Fournier. And you know Thibodeau, he pushes for that defense. How's he going to react to Evan Fournier's suspect defense? How's Kemba Walker's knees going to react to being you know, the pressure of all these heavy minutes that Tom Thibodeau likes to play his guys? But uh, I'm so excited for him. You know Kemba's going to contribute offensively. The bench, we have a good unit coming off the bench. Alec Burks, Emmanuel Quickly, who was fantastic last season as a rookie. Obi Toplin looking like his next step in his second season. I mean, Derek Rose, one of the finalists for sixth man of the year last year, had a huge resurgent year last season under Thibodeau. And uh, oh, and Alec Burks, who we re-signed. So there's a whole second unit of guys that can play. I'm hoping that we're not going to have to rely as much on the starters as heavily as we did last season. You saw that. That's where Randall. That's where it ended up boiled down to. That's where Julius Randle started to get burnt out in the playoffs. That's why R.J. Barrett was burnt out in the playoffs. That's why Derrick Rose got burnt out by Game 3 and Game 4. And that's the thing. The is depth. Utilize that depth. So obviously, you know, for the Knicks, there's some of the bigger questions. Can Julius Randle repeat last year's success? You know, Randle, awesome year last year. But this was a very anomaly year from Julius Randle. I'm always someone that whenever I see a player come out in their fifth sixth year and have a great season, I just want to see more sustained continued success. you know I believe that he can. I think the Thibodeau system worked really well for him. he worked his ass off all season long and we've seen you know, we've seen him put up those good numbers before, but now just translated into on- the court efficiency which Martin might not have in the past you know it's if RJ Barrett, you know, he took a good leap in his second season, but now this is year three. The Knicks kind of need to take that leap into being a 20-plus point per game score and being a legit Robin to the Batman that Julius Randle is. And I'm excited for him. Is he going to continue his impressive shooting numbers? Uh, those are definitely the two biggest questions. And then obviously Kemba Walker's knees are the third question for this team. And then there's obviously guys, you know, Noel, Mitchell Robinson coming off, the, Mitch, Noel and Mitchell Robinson, their health, uh, two guys who seem to be often injured, and just you know, two guys who are going to be at, protecting the rim for the Knicks all season long, and how Fournier fits in. Because I, I do question how Fournier and his weak defense kind of complements Tom Thibodeau's system. I was, I'm excited, man, though. I really am for this Knicks team uh positive outlook. At, at, at the end of the day that's what I have. I have a positive outlook. I'm not I'm not 100 sold. I'm not going to come in and I, I just want to get my team my, myself heartbroken and I guess it has to do with see what's happened to the Giants, see what's happened to the Yankees this season. I don't want to oversell myself on my team. And I think with the Knicks, I've at least had a pretty rational thought so far. Prince real quickly. And so these are my five locks for the postseason, as I mentioned. Nets, box, Sixers, Heat, and the Atlanta Hawks. I think the Knicks, I think we're going to end up getting that sixth seed. I just think that Tom Thibodeau is a great coach. I think this team really plays, they end up playing as much as 10, 11 deep, and that's what's going to help keep guys fresh. I think the system, I think R.J. Barrett's going to really take that leap forward. I expect him to. I think Kemba Walker's really going to aid... this team be the point guard that this team has been missing the last two years. Now, he might not be the same, same impact defender, but I imagine he'll still get his scoring numbers and that we'll get the sixth seed. And then I have the play game, same Sort of same as last year. I have the Celtics, I have the Pacers, and I have the Hornets. I just think the Celtics, there's too much talent on that team between Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. They're both all-star players. They're both players who average... You know, over 20, 25-plus. They're, they're, they're too good of a duo for the Celtics team to not be one of those top 10 teams. I just can't see a world where teams like the Wizards, the Raptors, are better than the Celtics. I guess that's a little spoiler on who gets left out uh, because the other team I'm putting in is the Bulls. I think the Bulls, it's that starting lineup. Now, again, I worry with the Bulls if they have an injury. So if they have an injury, it could really affect that team. But that's one of basketball's best starting fives. I know. I mean, DeRozan, Vucevic, uh, uh Levine. They can all score twenty plus points per game. You have a great defensive point guard in Lonzo Ball and Patrick Williams, who showed some potential as a defender last year. I think he's going to take a big step in year two and really emerge as one of the NBA's, you know, better underrated small fours. The Pacers. I just think Carlisle, man, that's, that's, at the end of the day, Rick Carlisle is just that good of a coach where I can't see this team falling outside the top 10 and being worse than they were last season. And the Hornets, I do have my worries, but I just think this young core is so explosive. LaMelo did so much good as a rookie last year. I think he can really help bring the Hornets to that next level this year of, by by next level being a better team, but still in that playing game. Uh, so obviously, now I mentioned the Pistons are out, the Cavs are out, and the Magic are out. And then I have the Wizards and the Raptors out. The Raptors, their team's just a little too young for my liking, and that's really the reason why I think Nick Nurse is a fantastic coach. but I just think the Raptors, not they don't have that leader. I mean, Siakam's out with injury now. They don't have the DeRozan, the Kawhi, the Lowry, the Bosch. they can turn into to be their leader. And for that reason, I just have them missing out. I think the Wizards... It's just Bradley Beal, and that's it. So I have the Wizards missing out as well. That's really it for the East. Uh, Yeah, again, that's in a Knicks, optimistic, five locks. Despite the whole Ben Simmons drama, despite the whole Kyrie Irving drama, both those teams are obvious locks to make it to the postseason. I don't talk about who's going to win the East a bit later. But let's move on now to the Western Conference. I mean, this, the West is pretty much loaded. Uh, and I, I'm actually going to go team by team uh, from sort of from the bottom here and break down because right now there's the, 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 there's only two teams that in the West that are not going to make the playoffs for sure. The Rockets and the Thunder. Everybody else sort of has a chance, in my opinion, between the Lakers, the Clippers, the Suns, Warriors, the Kings, the Nuggets, the Jazz, the Blazers, the Timberwolves, the Spurs, the Pelicans, the Grizzlies. Uh Yeah, so pretty much everybody has a chance in the Western Conference. Uh, so here here's the way I'm gonna look at it. It's like oh my god. Like the West it just feels like all right, so let's go through these top ten teams. If you're looking at those top look just looking at 10 teams as a whole. In the West, I feel like the Lakers are locked, the Clippers, the Suns, the Warriors, the Nuggets, the Jazz, the Mavericks. So I feel like we get those seven teams as a lock. Now, obviously, that's seven teams, and there's only six teams that are a lock for the actual playoffs. Well, that seven team is going to be in the play-in game, and it's going to be competitive. Uh, I probably, if I had to pick would put the Clippers in that category, and that's simply because they're going to be without uh, Kawhi Leonard. Now, we did see them look really good in the playoffs without Kawhi Leonard, led by Paul George, so I could be wrong, but it seems that, you know, Paul George has had some games that he's missed in the last couple seasons. It just seems like the Clippers are probably going to fall closer to that 7 seed, but, like, this Western Conference, man, it's loaded because... You know, I just mentioned seven teams, but there's other teams behind them that are going to be fighting for those last three spots in the play-in game. And, you know, so, yeah, those are my seven locks, though. Lakers, Clippers, Suns, Warriors, Nuggets, Jazz, uh, Mavericks. Again, so then we ruled out the Thunder. We ruled out the Rockets. I believe it was about six teams battling for those final three spots. The Kings, the Timberwolves. The Grizzlies, the Pelicans, the Spurs, and the Blazers. Now, last year the Blazers, the to those six teams I mentioned in the West. Actually, I guess the, the those six teams I previously mentioned, or those seven teams I previously mentioned, all made it. Then you had the Spurs made it last year as one of the ten. The Grizzlies made it as one of the ten last year. The uh, <clears throat> the Blazers made it as. One of the actually one of the six last year the Blazers made it as and then ended up losing the first round. Uh, but like, in my opinion, uh, tough. it's tough because, like, ah, uh, the Blazers if Damian Lillard stays the entire year, the Blazers should make it. I mean, Damian Lillard's just that good of a player where and he leads this team, he leads this franchise. Now, the Blazers' roster is not very good around him and CJ McCollum. I don't think they got better in the offseason, I think they got worse. Uh, Chauncey Billups, I question that hire as a head coach. Uh, that being said, I still think Portland is probably playing eligible bound. So I think I would have them in there. Uh, but that like, in my opinion, this has to be Damian Lillard's last hurrah. He's reiterated a desire to stay in Portland every year. It seemed, like he, it seemed like this was the closest he's ever been to wanting out. Now, I don't think he'll want out midseason, but I think there's a good chance that this is Damian's last season in Portland, especially... If the team is closer to the playing game than to the actual postseason. Uh, then you also have, who made it last year, the Grizzlies. Now, I'm pretty high on the Grizzlies this year, honestly. I think Jaron Jackson and Ja Moran are going to take a step into being one of the better duos in the NBA. I think Jaws is going to have a massive season in his third season this year. I'm really excited for him. I mean, Dylan Brooks was fantastic alongside him last year. Uh Though, actually, no, they kept Dylan Brooks. Did he get moved? I believe he... Okay, no, he didn't get moved. It was... I can't remember who it was. Someone got... It was uh, Valentinus got moved, but it's not like Valanchunas was super key. Although, uh, Dylan Brooks has set the miss at the beginning of the season with a broken hand. Look, Jaron Jack, the team, they survived last season without Jaron Jackson. He came back, and when he came back, the team looked better. He looked really good in the postseason alongside John and I'm really excited to just see what the hell this duo can do next season. Uh, so, yeah, I'm pretty high on them. The Pelicans, man, I mean, they have Zion Williamson, they have Brandon Ingram, and then they have nothing. I actually thought about the Pelicans. I really thought they'd be better, but, oh, my God, their roster is horrible. It's literally, I mean, Nikel Alexander Walker, Uh, I don't even know who their point guard is, and then you have Valanciunas at center. Now Valanciunas isn't bad, but I don't think he really fits in alongside Zion Williamson. Like they they fired Stan Van Gundy after Van Gundy was just a questionable hiring to begin with. Willie Green is now a coach there, and I don't really know if much about Willie Green's background. Believe he was an assistant from the Phoenix Suns. The Pelicans—they have these aspirations that they should be in the Plan game. They have Zion Williamson, they have Brandon Ingram, but they lost Lonzo, they lost Eric Bledsoe. Like, who knows what's going to happen with this Pelicans team? You have the San Antonio Spurs who made it last year. And to be honest, I'm only their inclusion here is simply because I—they made it last year. I don't think they're going to be as good next year. I just don't. They're, they've lost De, uh, DeMar DeRozan, and their team's just too young. I mean, you can never, ever, ever count out Greg Popovich. But if there's ever a year to count him out, then this is definitely the year. Uh, you have the Minnesota Timberwolves. I mean, this team, its there's talent. There's Anthony Edwards. There's Carl Anthony Towns, who uh, was just one of my favorite players in the NBA. There's Angela Russell. There's Malik Beasley. There's talent on this team. But you know, I I, I how I, how could I trust these Timberwolves? They've had this, they've had Cat and they've had D'Angelo Russell for a couple seasons now. They haven't played good together. Or I mean they have played well together, but they don't play defense. Cat doesn't play defense. D'Lo doesn't play defense. Guess what? Anthony Edwards, he hasn't played defense either. And they have the scoring. But they don't have the defense, and that's you know their situation is a little similar to the Bulls, where they have no depth. It's those four guys, and that's it. One of them gets hurt, that derails the, a lot of the team, and that makes it hard for me to believe in this Minnesota Timberwolves team as much as I want to. And then you also have the Sacramento Kings. Now the Kings are the Kings are in a weird spot. They they've like been frisky in the playing playing for that playing game the last two seasons. You know, De'Aaron Fox is there, Ty- Tyrese Halliburton, I really liked him last year, was one of the better rookies in the NBA, and I think he's going to have a better seat, better, taking a better step forward in year number two. They drafted Davion Mitchell, who I really, really, really like. I think he's going to fit in pretty well. You know, Buddy Heald, I wonder how he fits into this team as, you know, Marvin Bagley's currently listed as the starting power forward. These two guys, they've sort of been rumored to be in on the trade block in the past, but, uh, you know, I, I really don't know if either of them are gonna ha- what the, what either of them's role on this team is, you know, Bagley I guess is a starter. Uh, or if either of them are gonna get traded. You know, Rashawn Holmes was a good piece last year and they have Harrison Barnes. So there's some dudes on this Kings team. Uh, anyway, so here's I'm gonna dive into that now. So, you know, I mentioned those seven locks. I, you know, I I was the Spurs. I'm sorry, Popovich. I just don't trust that team. I can't really put you in there. Pelicans, I wanted to pick you Zion and Brandon Ingram, but roster's just not good, man. Uh and then you have the uh that other team out some the Timberwolves who their track record has just really let me down. So I'll those seven locks, and I'm gonna get into those seven locks. The Lakers, who and with the Lakers, I'm not fully sold on this team as a championship contender. You know, I touched on this right when uh Right when they made the deal for Russell Westbrook, look, Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, Anthony Davis. That's a really good big three on paper. It's elite. It's scary. You get two of the better ball handlers in the league in LeBron and Russ. One of the best big men in the league in Anthony Davis. But hey, like, but they, they, none of them, none of them like to shoot. You know, Anthony Davis is adamant that he's a power forward. So it appears that I think. Either DeAndre Jordan or Dwight gonna be the starting center along with him. So that's four guys. That's a very big lack of spacing. I know the two is going to rotate between guys like Wayne Ellington, uh, between Kendrick Nunn, uh, some other guys they signed. So there's going to be shooting, but the defense has looked atrocious in the preseason so far. I'm not going to worry about this Lakers team. I'm really not. But they're, they're obviously in, but... I do to know if they're a true title contender. The Clippers, I touched on them. You no, know, obviously Paul George is the starting small is going to be the starting guy, the star of this team. I have them probably just getting that playing game, being that seventh seed because they won't be without Kawhi, and I'm sure Paul George missed his time. But like, hey, this team made a conference finals without Kawhi Leonard last year, and it stands very well that they can just do it again. The Suns, no, the Suns actually in an interesting position. I just re-signed Mikel Bridges, but now DeAndre Ayton, they weren't able to reach an agreement with him, and now it appears that DeAndre Ayton is upset with the team and may leave. We uh, don't know really how this is going to resolve itself. It does not seem very pretty between Ayton and the Suns. You know, it seems like he'll probably play out the year. And I imagine the Suns team is still going to be great. Obviously, they were a huge surprise last year. People saw this team's Peaked last year as planned. Game maybe the six seed. They made it all the way to the two seed. Hell, made it all the way to the NBA Finals. Uh, I'm excited to see what they do as a repeat. I think Booker continues to grow. See, C- you know, Mikael Bridges will continue to grow, and this is a core that's grown together. CP three is the leader of that core, and I expect them to take that rise. View of the Warriors. Uh, Steph Curry is just Steph Curry. Now, Klay Thompson. I wonder how he's going to come back. Now, an Achilles, and we haven't seen him in two and a half years. The Achilles and the ACL are two seriously bad injuries to come back from. Like, how does he respond from those injuries? Does he come back? Is he still the Clay Thompson that he was last season? Uh, and those are the questions he's going to have to answer. No, not last season. The Clay Thompson that he was before. And that's going to be hard to answer, yeah. Maybe a shooting because he does a lot of catch and shoot will be there. But his defense is definitely going to have to take a – you'll imagine his defense would take a huge hit. Um, basically, have not having played in two and a half years. He's expected back a little after Christmas. So, until then, Steph Curry's plugging out the team to keep the team afloat the way he did a bit late like last season. The Mavericks, I think they're going to get in. I just think, you know, Luka Doncic is that special of a player. Huge high expectations for him last year, next year. Nuggets, Nuggets are really good, man. Let me tell you. I mean, Jokic, Michael Porter, it sucks for them that they don't have Jamal Murray to start of the year. But in my opinion, the team played just fine without Jamal Murray last year outside of the postseason. They have a lot of dudes. They play very deep. I mean, MPJ just got re-signed. Jokic is an absolute dog. Uh, Aaron Gordon's there to stay and be a key piece of this team. You know, I know, I know some fans don't like him, but Will Barton is back. Uh, this team, they, they, they held their own last year when they lost Jamal Murray, especially in the regular season. You look at the point guards on this team, Monte Morris, Campazzo. So they definitely could use more. They added Austin Rivers. When this team gets Jamal Murray back and you have that big three, it's going to be exciting. Uh, And the Jazz. I mean, the Jazz were the NBA's best team last year. They had the defensive player of the year. They had the sixth man of the year. And there's obviously the talents back. They're mostly running it back. I do wonder, though, what's going to happen. Rudy Gorbert got exposed as a defender in the postseason. It's really possible that teams have found that recipe. So I think Gorbert actually takes a slight step back, and the Jazz do as a whole. Uh, And then just, you know, looking at those other teams, the Grizzlies, I think Ja and Jaron Jackson take a huge leap this year. I think Ja becomes an all-star. I think Jaron Jackson is a borderline all-star, maybe even an all-star who helps this team really compete and be one of those playoff teams, play in teams. You have the I have the uh, Blazers, I just think with Damian Lillard, he gets them in. Until Damian Lillard leaves, I feel comfortable putting that team within the top ten. And then there's also the Sacramento Kings. That's right. I think I I, I don't know why. I just think I think that this is the year where the Sacramento Kings finally make it. Now, I guess your definition of make it can vary. Does making it to uh, the play-in game can make it to the playoffs? I know the NBA doesn't count that. Look, I mean, Darren Fox showed signs of being an All-Star last year. Tyrese Halliburton had a great rookie season. Buddy Heal, again, his role wasn't defined on this team, but so with Rashawn Holmes, with Marvin Badley, with Harrison Barnes in that starting lineup, Luke Walton's a okay coach. I just think that this Kings team will have enough firepower to be able to be that 10th seed. In the Western Conference. And yeah, so that's it. Uh, So again, playoff teams in the West. Uh, Locks, teams that are going to make it in the Western Conference without having to go to that play-in game. The Lakers, the Suns, the Warriors, the Nuggets, the Jazz, and the Mavericks. And then I have the Clippers, the Grizzlies, the... um, the, Clipper, the Clippers, the Grizzlies, the Kings, and the Portland Trailblazers all in that planned tournament. Uh, so, I guess that, I'll get into my NBA Finals pick. I think just, you know, the Nets, even with Kyrie Irving doesn't play, I just think having two of the top five players in the NBA, Kevin Durant and James Harden, it's just going to put that Nets team over the top. And, you know, I hate to say it wearing this, but... I got the Nets winning the Eastern Conference and going to the NBA Finals. Uh, cause they have to have good pieces around them with Joe Harris, with Paul Millsap, with LaMarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin. And in the West, I mean, the West is hard. I get, I'm not sold on that Lakers team. I have the Nuggets going. I think Michael Porter Jr. is going to have a monster season. I think he's going to develop a legitimate superstar alongside Nikola Jokic. I think Jamal Murray, when he comes back, is going to be really impactful for that Nuggets. We're going to see that playoff Jamal Murray come postseason time. Because coming the playoffs, Murray will be just getting his legs under him. He'll be fresher. This Nuggets team, they play really good defense. They're extremely well coached. And that's right. I think the Nuggets are going to win the Western Conference. Now, that being said, I mean, the Nets are just a really, really good team, and the Nets are going to end up beating the Nuggets and taking the NBA Finals. But this is the year where the Nuggets make it to the Finals, really carried by Jokic. And I do, I really do like this Nuggets team a lot. Uh, you know, idea, yeah, I'm a little worried how they'll be without Jamal Murray, but, I mean, Will Barton, Austin Rivers, Michael Porter, P.J. Dozier, Aaron Gordon, Jeff Green, Nikola Jokic, Jamichael Green. There's a lot of gritty guys on this team. This is going to be a... (laughs) This is going to be a... This is just going to... Yeah, I mean, they're going to win. They're... Sorry, I was reading uh... reading a text from someone. Anyways... That's it for the finals. I'm going to talk about the awards now. So, the coach of the year, I have it being Jason Kidd. I think the Mavericks are going to overachieve this year. I really think that Jason Kidd was a fantastic hiring for the Ma- for the Dallas Mavericks. I think his style is going to... Get- Jason Kidd, he's hired a developed, guys. He's, take- he's taken teams, and I've taken them ahead of their timelines. We saw him do that with the Milwaukee Bucks. I think he's gonna take you know the Mavs who seem to be a little ahead of their timeline and take them forward. I think his you know he can relate so much to Luca. He's gonna play. Re- he's gonna coach Luca extremely well, and the Mavs gonna have a special year, and he's gonna win coach of the year. And I think that's why Luca's gonna win MVP, because I think kids gonna send make him an MVP like player. I know I predicted him last year, but I'm doing it again. You know Luca. it seems like he's due for one. The Mavericks are surrounded him by shooters, and now listen to about Luca. Do his driving move. I mean, he's one of the toughest guys when it comes to getting in the lane. And then guys want to stop him. He has out there. He has Dwight Powell. He has Reggie Bullock, Tim Hardaway, Trey Burke. All to kick out to Dorian Finley-Smith. So I'm really excited to see what Luka does this season in the Jason Kidd offense. I have him winning the MVP. I have Jason Kidd being the coach of the year. I have the rookie of the year being Jalen Green. I think Jalen Green is going to – I think it's between him and Cade – and I feel bad to this because you guys know I literally dick-rode Cade Cunningham all college basketball season. Talked so much hype about him. Uh, but I just think, you know, Jalen Green having played in the G League, a little professional, has someone more experience against that those guys. Uh, Cade's still going to be splitting touches with Jeremy Grant, while Jalen Green appears to be the guy from the get-go for the Rockets. He wins Rookie of the Year. Uh, sixth man, I have Jordan Clarkson repeating. The MIP is going to be Jaron Jackson. I think he has a great, great year for the Memphis Grizzlies. Becomes a legit number two option. Becomes a threat for the All-Star game. I love, I, I really love Jaron Jackson Jr. I think especially coming off that torn ACO from last year, he really improved. He really showed a lot in the postseason. I think he wins this. And Bam Adebayo, Defensive Player of the Year, he could have won it last year. He was one of the best defenders on the pick and roll. I think he has a lot more flexibility on that defensive prowess than Rudy Gobert does. Now, Rudy's a beast inside. He anchors that Jazz defense, and that Jazz defense is consistently one of the best. But I just think that there's going to be some voter fatigue. and I think, bam, just the way he can defend all five positions makes him that uh, that uh, defensive player of the year. So, recapping my awards, the MVP – Luka Doncic, I just think he finally takes that step this year, and the Mavs move forward to being one of the top four teams in the West. And that's going to be a big reason because of Jason Kidd, my pick for Coach of the Year. I think Jalen Green, you know, him being the number one option on the Rockets helps him. He wins Rookie of the Year. I think Bam, as I just mentioned, is going to win the Defensive Player of the Year. Jordan Clarkson is going to repeat as your sixth man of the year. And Jaron Jackson, again, I am so excited for him. I think Jaron Jackson is going to take an unbelievable leap this season, and he's going to be the most improved player of the NBA season. Uh, so that's it. The, the, I'm not even going to get do first team, second team, third team All-NBA, but I, I will pick my All-Stars. I will pick my All-Stars. So in the East... The starting guards will be Trey Young, who I think is going to have a great year again. James Harden, who's going to have even more of a role in the offense with Kyrie Irving out. The forwards will be Kevin Durant, Giannis, and Bede. I mean, those are just the three best frontcourt guys in the Eastern Conference and three of the four best front court guys in all of the NBA. Three of the four or five best front court guys. On the bench, I think Bradley Beal, just fantastic player, fantastic scorer. He's going to be one of those guards along with Jalen Brown, who... I think I have Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum both making it. They're just two phenomenal scorers. They're both the leaders of this Celtics team, and they both play great defense. I just think they're both going to have really strong all-star seasons. I have Julius Randle making it. I think, again, Julius Randle, he's our dude. He's going to lead this Knicks team once again. I have Bam making it. I think he's going to be phenomenal, again, on defense. You know, stepping, up, He's going to get running that pick and roll with Kyle Lowry with Jimmy Butler. And the last two guys, Middleton makes it and Jimmy Butler makes it, makes it exciting. Butler, after last year's injury plague season, is due for back to being Jimmy Butler that we know. And we see Middleton really being Chris Middleton. In the Western Conference, Steph and Luca are going to be the starting guards. Steph's just incredible. Luca is also just incredible. Again, that's my MVP pick. LeBron's going to start because LeBron always starts. AD's going to start along with him. And Jokic is also going to start because those are also three of the best NBA's big men. Damian Lillard is going to get in as he has done the last few years. And I know this was – the guards were tough for me. But I'm putting Devin Booker over teammate Chris Paul. Last year, CP3 got the recognition. I think this year, Booker is going to be one of the NBA's leading scorers and really take that role. And the photos are going to award Booker the all-star. I think this is the year This is, it becomes Booker's team. Paul George, I think, is going to make it, leading the Clippers. I have Zion making it again. I have Donovan Mitchell making it. And then the two guys, I minute mean for the first time. John Moran, who I think is gonna have a big, big season, and it's one of the NBA's top guards, and Michael Porter Jr., who I cannot wait to see what he does this season. So those are my all-star picks. And that's the NBA preview show, everybody. Uh, here we go. You know, the off-season was pretty short, but now it's NBA time, the season's here. Let's have a good season. Let's go, Knicks. And everybody, enjoy the 2021 NBA season. We here, baby. We here.